We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... Welcome to the Lindley Evans Music Studio at the ABC in Ultimo for Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and this week with the music, it's the Soul Movers! Yeah. And our panel, Alice Fraser, Tommy Dean and Bridie Connell! Yeah. And our audience this week from Wangara, Parks, Yass, Illibo, Newtown and Emu Plains! Yeah. The first... Here is the news from nowhere. You may have analysed the party you're going to vote for tomorrow, but have you assessed the party you'll be attending? Will the guests at the election party be allowed to talk about other topics? Will they be permitted to laugh, joke and gossip? Or will everyone be required to focus on the TV set? I vote one for focus. I want to hang on Anthony Green's every word. By 6.15, I want to be able to name at least two seats. By 6.30, I want to be on nodding acquaintance with the complex preferencing issues in Gilmore. By 6.45, I want to be in the position that I can mumble to no-one in particular. I knew that local sewerage problem would hurt the sitting member up in Cowper. (laughs) The aim is to repeat something that Anthony, Lee or Annabelle has said, but ten minutes later, as if it was your own idea. Hopefully all the other guests will have been too busy with the Jats crackers and the guacamole to notice that you're just stealing their lines. With election parties, things often start badly. You might arrive early, just past 6pm, only to find your friends gathered around the TV set weeping, the women clutching tissues and the men letting loose huge sobbing sighs. Either your political party has been decimated in an early landslide or your friends are still engrossed in the family movie on Seven Mate. Assure them, Bambi's going to be okay. (laughs) Once the broadcast begins, you'll need a handy series of phrases to prove you know all about politics. These include, Lindsay is a bellwether seat. It all depends on preferences. That early count is from the city booths. Or if you want to lay it on really thick, the Bogdan-Billa Bridge has been reduced to one lane due to the collision of a car and a harvest at around 10am this morning, which will have slowed down the count in outlying booths. I can't believe the ABC computer isn't factoring that in. (laughs) At any neighbourhood party, there'll be a mix of political affiliations, so make sure you can recognise them. Uh, First up, the Leichhardt Labour supporter, Inner Sydney. She's the one who'll greet the result with the phrase... And so we start three years of racist, right-wing, fascist rule. And that, of course, is if Labor wins. (laughs) Uh, The swinging voter, he's the one whose vote determined the whole election. Trouble is he can't remember what it was. Although, worryingly, he's dressed in eye-piercing yellow. Uh, The liberal true believer, he's he's the one who will greet every new arrival to the party with the phrase, so where the bloody hell were you? In the belief that any phrase presided over by ScoMo is worth repeating. He may also be wearing a baseball cap. Uh, The Clive Palmer voter, uh, most often encountered in Queensland, but like a cane toad, sometimes found heading south... (laughs) 
may be found muttering about Chinese influence, but only once you bring out the spring rolls. Uh, the Green supporter, uh, you might meet one of them. Uh, if she doesn't arrive on time, feel free to send a phone message. Just leave it after the high moral tone. Uh, by about 7.15pm, the results will be flooding in. At this point, it's important not to judge things by the pictures on the TV. A shot of a Liberal leader crying may indicate that Morrison has won, especially if the crying leader is Malcolm Turnbull. A pained look from Tony Abbott may just mean he's eaten another onion. By 7.30pm, the TV networks will start calling the result. Channel 7 will get in first on the basis of 0.1% of the vote, giving victory to Pauline Hanson, but only due to her superb 2004 performance on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> the Channel 9 computer will, seconds later, due to a computer glitch, install Ricky Muir as Prime Minister. <laughs> While over at SBS, of course, Kate Miller-Heitke will be elected in a landslide. <laughs> and finally, at a, yes! And finally, at around 8pm, Andy Green will announce the result on the ABC and, as always, the Australian people will have made a correct and wise decision and joy will ring out across the land. <laughs> By that point, you may be tiring of politics. Elsewhere in the House, a more convivial group may have formed, full of people who've eschewed politics for dancing, drinking, maybe even flirting. This is the true meaning of the term swinging voter. <laughs> and surely by this hour you'd care to join them. And that's the news from nowhere. <laughs> uh, we have Alice, uh, Tommy and Bridie. Uh, welcome. Thank you. Uh, welcome. welcome. Yeah, looking forward to uh, tomorrow and all that. I, I, I always... Uh, it's, uh, I, get the, I get the house to myself. <laughs> so I'm not registered to vote. I'm not allowed to vote. So uh, my wife uh, goes off to vote and takes the children with her. I think you should just go in and try to vote for Trump or Clinton. <laughs> if they'd let me, but my pen can't form those letters. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's fun. I, like, I, do, I like to go down to the local school. I've, I said it before, but it's my favorite thing to do is to get involved in the two-party system. Uh, every year I go down and I stand diligently in front of the barbecue and I decide if this year it will be sausage or bacon and egg. Yep. And bacon and egg is ruled for the last six elections. <laughs> but tomorrow I will give them both an equal chance. Yeah. But I, but I just... what, if the, uh, what if the sausages have sold out? Will you then go to preferences? Well, the problem, <laughs> the problem that I have is that the independent vote, you know, the onions start creeping in there, and that tends to sway me from the sausage side of things. <laughs> Not that I don't like onions, I just don't like killing people at Bunnings. There's a uh, bunch of very business-savvy primary children at my local primary yeah. school who at the state election, I was very impressed by their cunning ploy to raise as much money as they could. Uh, they went up to everybody who was in the queue and started taking orders. And people were like, oh, that's a great idea, great. I'll have, I'll have this sausage with this sauce, please. And there was a, a coffee stand and a bake sale, so it was very good. And then it became quickly apparent that no parents had set those children to collect orders. It was brilliant. <laughs> Love them. I, I think you should have got suspicious when they started offering you lobster and filet mignon. <laughs> well, I'm based out of London these days, so I'll go to the uh, the embassy to vote. And there's a line out there of people complaining that, about the lack of sausages. If anyone wants to have, like, a portable sausage stand and, and drag it out there, they would make a mozza. OK, Australia House, election time, <laughs> business idea from Alice Fraser. Now, let's check you're up with this week's news. Which, which party believes it will be flushed with success? after serving the urgent needs of voters. What's this about? Well, this is, uh, this is uh, if I could vote, this is the issue that would really swing me <laughs> in the interest of what we're talking about now is, of course, uh, public toilets in local country seats. And as far as I'm concerned, it is one of the most pressing issues this country faces. 
is not enough places to go legally. <laughs> I do not know if you're aware of how many people have been sent to court in this country because they had to use a toilet, say, under a blackjack table <laughs> or outside of a pub. <laughs> Tommy, those examples you give seem very particular and specific. I'm just saying some people get caught up in their activities and forget that biology is rampant and universal. And nothing is more universal than pulling up into a small town and needing to go to the public facility. OK, and Jessica Irvine, who's the economics writer for The Herald, she's done a sort of tally of all the... Uh, because there's pork barrelling going on from both sides of politics, but she's identified this particular liberal thing which is many people are offering big funding for lose in local country towns if you vote for the Liberals. That's and I think that is why you should vote for the Liberals. Vote Liberals! Well, I think they're missing a campaign slogan opportunity here, something like, uh, your number two is our number one. <laughs> <laughs> vote number one for your right to do number two. That's exactly right. <laughs> they, they say, you know, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. I think the way to a voter's heart is through their butthole, so... <laughs> It's, there, it's big sums it's of money. True. There's about a million bucks worth of toilets going in. That's right. And in some They're, they're making small... a big splash. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Liberal wiping labour off the map. <laughs> I feel but like I... this is one of those situations where the, it, it will depend on the toilet facilities at the voting booth. If they're very savvy, they'll provide free water and nowhere to do a wee. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the hope that it'll sway the hearts of the electorate. I'm desperate by now. I'm going to vote. But what's yes. amazing is the amount of different money. There's like everything from like 160 up to like almost half a million dollars, and I want to go to a country town that has a half a million dollar loo. I will totally spend a day there. It's either going to be one really amazing loo or in some of the small towns where the population is less than a 1,000, but the funding is in the hundreds of thousands, it's just going to be toilets as far as the eye can see. <laughs> there is, to be fair, shade cloth involved. It's not just for the loo. There's also shade cloth. Excellent. Balance is very important. <laughs> <laughs> Who has defied gravity to be on top of the world this week? Oh, yes. Uh, this is the story of Kate Miller-Heidke, our very own... Uh, the Eurovision Song Contest, named after the television channel that originally hosted it, rather than the fraught alliance of nations that's in the midst of depressing divorce proceedings with the UK. Uh, <laughs> so is that a true fact? Yes, that is a, okay. a true fact. That's why it's called Eurovision, but we're allowed to be in it. It's not that we've suddenly rejoined the empire. Uh, oh. So it could be called Foxtel or Channel 10 or something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely that. Uh, so it's, it's being hosted this year by Israel. You know Israel? Uh, it's a country instituted after World War II on a piece of land sacred to three religions. Israel, social experiment in how quickly an oppressed group can lose the moral high ground. You know, Israel. <laughs> uh, it's there. But Kate Miller-Heidke has made it into the finals by simultaneously singing beautifully and swaying back and forth on a pole like an extra in a Mad Max Fury Road movie. She does look great. She's always had a great sense of theatre, hasn't she? Oh, oh, yeah. It looks amazing. It's fantastic. I'm vaguely disappointed to find out that it's named after the channel. I thought maybe with... England leaving, if, if Kate wins, I thought we might get a spot in, in Europe. <laughs> and then we, you know, we, we already have a lot in, in common with Europeans, a snobby about wine and chocolate and coffee. I thought, I thought it was a natural fit. No, we could finally sell the British our butter, which they've stopped buying in 1966 and we're still angry about. Did you think it was an audition process to I, get into Europe? I, if you win the Eurovision Song Contest, you're allowed. I thought we were trying out for Europe. That's what I thought was happening. I'm very disappointed to be, have set the record straight like this. But it's, 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 I think it has to be set straight because it happens a lot. I've seen a lot of articles uh, leading up to this and that's exactly the joke the writer keeps making. Is that, you know, how is Israel Europe? And how are they Europe? And how is Australia Europe? And this is the same argument I have to have 
every October uh, when the World Series of Baseball takes place, which was also named after the newspaper that first set up the competition. Because we think when it's called the World Series, it's an index to American arrogance. It is now. <laughs> just so we're clear, it has morphed into that. <laughs> but at its origins, it was just about the newspaper that sponsored the competition. Uh, so I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Uh, Eurovision uh, was something that I had never heard of until I came to Australia. And then, uh, thanks to a variety of wives, I am deeply involved in it now. <laughs> So you have one from every European country. Just <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Very excited. And look, she, the bookmakers are now saying she's top three. That is so yeah. exciting. It's very exciting. But would it be like the candidate? Like, if you win, will there be that great moment of joy where all of Australia is, like, united in excitement? We won! And then everybody's like, oh, no. We have to have Eurovision here. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, what, would that be possible? No, I think if, if we win, I think it's still done somewhere else. I, I well, I mean, although we, we've just been confronted with the mystery of, of language having double meaning, when they say top three, do they mean top three tallest above the stage? Yeah. Well, then well, we've definitely, definitely won it. She's definitely <laughs> won it. And now, who has been super mean when it comes to superfoods? Well, there has been a fascinating study released this week about superfoods, which, of course, are buzzy. Everybody in the health industry loves talking about them. But it turns out that some of the benefits of superfoods, like red wine and blueberries and dark chocolate and things like that, the actual quantities that you would have to consume to get the benefits are stratospheric. But I don't agree with... So with red with... wine, for instance, because it's... Resveratrol. Res- 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 How dare you? I'm just, I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> but this is... I, I have an issue with the way you phrase the question, my dear friend, when you say they've been super mean about it. No, this report says that in order to get benefit you would need to drink 200 bottles of wine a day. I see no issue whatsoever. Yeah, blueberries are useful if you eat 10,000 berries a day, which I do, but uh, it, ha- it, it brings its own problems. So, what's, what's the, uh, what's so they the, say the restaurant or whatever it's called is actually useful, but the quantities in wine and blueberries are so tiny that you'd have to eat whole mountains of them or drink whole lakes of them. What about the, uh, the berry they use to make gin, juniper berries? How yeah. many do you need to have Oh, just one. Oh, okay. one. <laughs> but two to be sure. It's like bay leaves. Everything says, you know, put one bay leaf in a stew, but put in two just to be sure. I think we'd better be safe and just drink lots of red wine, uh, dark chocolate as well as full of antioxidants. So really, we should just be eating blocks of chocolate a day. I am not a health professional, but I'm pretty sure I read the study right, everyone. Yeah, that's what I did say. Maybe this is the logic that's driving the Marvel movies, increasing the number of superheroes per movie, because maybe they're not as effective as you thought they were. They <laughs> <laughs> to have 10,000 in every movie. I need to be rescued by all the superheroes or none at all. <laughs> but it goes back to the fact that people are too easily swayed. You know, like all of these industries are based these earlier studies on the fact that they could just tell you there might be a benefit to drinking red wine and boom, you go drink red wine. Uh, earlier on the radio, uh, Annabelle Crabb was talking about how Bob Hawke said that he thought that tinned cherries drove off dementia. Boom, Australia sold out of tin cherries the moment after the interview. We're too easily swayed. Well, of course, until I think it was either the late 80s or early 90s, a pint of Guinness was subsidised by the government for all pregnant Irish women because it was believed that there were enough nutrients in a pint of Guinness, which, to be fair, is like having a full meal because it's so filling, that uh, they, they could have one throughout their pregnancies. Mm. Yeah, that should be brought back. Even <laughs> I mean, when the margarine companies came out in May, suggest that margarine was better than butter, which we know is completely the opposite. Uh, my grandfather and mother were dairy farmers uh, who made their own butter and quit making their own butter because they would buy margarine. <gasps> yeah, it's crazy. 
We are swayedies. I think it's the problem is that science headlines are so hopeful. If you believed science headlines, you would believe that they had cured cancer every week for the past 10 years. And it's always just mouse cancer again. If we (laughs) believed the science headlines, we would have fixed climate change a long time ago when they started talking about it. Yeah, and we would have done it with blueberries. (laughs) Exactly. Thank God it's Friday. Alice Fraser, Tommy Dean and Bridie Connell. Now, do you, think, do you think the prescribed burns that Graham was uh, talking yeah, about yeah. is uh, every sausage sizzle? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how the air quality is going to be yeah. so bad is every elementary school in the state. And it's prescribed under Australian law that you've got to incinerate yeah, those sausages. That's <laughs> prescribed. Uh, now, Israel Folau, as Helen just mentioned, has had his contract uh, cancelled by Rugby Australia. The news just in a, an hour or so ago. This is after he uh, made a claim that All of us. Well, a lot of us will be going to hell, um, including drunks, homosexuals, adulterers, liars, fornicators, thieves, atheists and idolaters. Is anyone anyone here who is not going to? Um, What do you think happens in hell? What's heaven like? And how do they choose who goes where? Alice Fraser. Uh, I imagine hell is like telling a joke that no one laughs at. (laughs) So I've already been there. (laughs) I, no, I, I'm, unfortunately, I am not a Christian. I wasn't brought up Christian, so I don't really believe in any of it. But if it happens, um, I imagine it'll be either awful or amazing. Well, weren't you brought up Buddhist? So hell is just being forced to eat meat all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's, hell is being forced to watch Marie Kondo because if something brings me joy, I feel the urge to immediately renounce it. <laughs> <laughs> What's heaven and hell like, Bridie? Well... With that list of people that you just read out, I worry that heaven's just actually very boring. (laughs) And and empty. And empty. You know, when people always ask if you could invite, you know, five people to your dinner party, dead or alive, who who would you choose? I I fear that everyone on my list will be in hell. Therefore, I think that's where I've got to go. I mean, I would like to have a chat to Oscar Wilde and Lord Byron and bless them. I don't think they'll be upstairs. (laughs) I don't. It's pretty crowded down there. I think so. uh, Certainly the way I feel about Dwayne The Rock Johnson's Instagram feed would count as idolatry. (laughs) (laughs) Please treat yourselves if you haven't checked it out before. And fornication if I get close enough. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy, you you were brought up in uh, in a religious household. Oh, yes. What's your image of heaven and hell? They are deeply ingrained with one another. Uh, First off, I like how Christian this entire uh, moment has been with Israel Folau, the very fact that... Uh, some would say that uh, Rugby Australia crucified him and now are giving him three days. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. To come back to life. So he's I got three that's... days to appeal, exactly. Yeah, good, think that's yeah. glorious. That's great. Uh, in some ways, I always thought he was a bit hard done by in the sense he put, did put out the whole list at all. It all focused on one part of it. But the whole list in the Bible has very clearly been telling us all we're going to hell for a very long time. <laughs> um, well, according to Leviticus, wearing mixed fabrics. Oh, everything. Everything. Because that nothing. T-shirt of yours, Tommy, I reckon that's got a bit of nylon cotton happening. <laughs> oh, it does. It does. And I also have uh, cheese and meat drippings mixed together. <laughs> that would get me in some severe trouble. Yeah. Um, it just seems odd to me that the British Empire exported both fundamentalist Christian doctrine and rugby and then gets annoyed when someone comes back and is really good at both. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that doesn't make much sense, does it? It's like yeah. teaching someone to make sausages and then inviting them to a barbecue and then they come and bring sausages and you're like, oh, we're vegan now? <laughs> <laughs> It's so weird because like, like, he texted it. He texted it, and I don't know if we remember, but we literally invented the printing press for the Bible. 
Gutenberg. Yeah, the whole thing. 1560. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I think I think hell. I actually think hell. And uh, I, some of this is uh, shaped by my early viewing of The Twilight Zone. Uh, but I quite actually believe, uh, being how much I like to gripe and complain about things, uh, I think hell will be perfect. I think hell will be what we think heaven should be. <gasps> oh, mm. and there's nothing to complain about. And every about. time you'd be like, you know, I bet this bus is... Oh, look at that. It just showed up right on time. <laughs> well, oh, I that- bet when I get on, I won't be able to get... Oh, look, there's a seat right in the front. Yeah. Yes. Oh, they served a snack. Such <laughs> <laughs> as said, uh, hell is other people. I would modernise that to hell is other people on Twitter having opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I, I think sort of along similar lines, Tommy, I wonder that instead of the very dramatic torture implements that we think of when we think of hell, it might just be little paper cuts and pins and needles all the time. Just mm. a, a life of inconveniences. Yeah. That would really... That could be be oh, would you like chicken soup? Oh, we're out of salt. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, I worked at a law firm for a year and there's nothing that could be worse than that for me. <laughs> it's just, oh, just chewing chalk for a whole year. I hope. Here's what yeah, I literally yeah. hope. I literally hope heaven is like a guy with a, an accountant's degree and I just have so many questions. I, it's mostly about the numbers. I don't know if this is from years of playing video games and loving the achievements, but I just want to spend days and days when I first arrive in either heaven or hell answering questions like, so I'm just curious, how many carrots did I peel? Because <laughs> you think there's a, a, a ledger of whether you've been good or bad enough. Yeah, and there has to be, surely there's somewhere, there's a detail. It's like the Fitbit of heaven has to tell me every step I took and everything I did. Maybe you've just answered the question. Maybe hell is the person that has to count how many carrots you've peeled oh, over your man. whole life. <laughs> Someone's been assigned that job. The so whole what's of hell I... is Tommy Dean's admin department. Yeah. <laughs> how so many... what's on either side of the ledger? So on the good side, good Tommy is... The carrot peeler, right? Yeah, but the Did, bad has ledger. Has he done will anything be, else? Good, yeah, the hell, well, the hell of it will be that I didn't compost the peeling. Uh, <laughs> that's going to count against me. Yeah, but then I made it in the soup that I gave to a neighbor. Hold yeah. up, were so these carrots were these carrots organic? <laughs> All carrots are organic. <laughs> <laughs> Most things are. Where you make a not very if they're grown with chemicals, idea. Tommy. That doesn't make them not organic. It just makes them supplemented. Did you buy the ones that have pesticides all over them? Well, I peeled it off. <laughs> and therefore peeled not away all the nutrients. Not only did I peel it off. See, the a, ledger a, is very confusing. But I peeled it. I peeled the skin off, and then, by the old law, I chopped the tip off. This is, this is the Just most heated sure. I've ever heard a conversation about carrots get. <laughs> but this I told is you I'm be... deeply interested to know how many. <laughs> there's going to be a terrible sort of traffic jam at the pearly gates. I mean, there's going to be people queuing up behind you as you try to sort out the carrot. No, issue. they're going to be going, you're... oh, that's a great question. We're going to find out how many we did do. But once they've found that out, they'll move on to the next question, which is how often did you take the kids to sporting practice and did you wait in the, in the winter, in the winter yeah. uh, I want to know. I want to know how many games I saw. Yeah. I want to know uh, how many barbecues I attended. Oh. I want to know how many bacon and egg rolls I had. <laughs> uh, I want to know how many celery hearts I accidentally threw away. <laughs> I want to know how many bottles of anchovies I bought to make my excellent spaghetti sauce oh. and then have to throw the other anchovies away because I waited too long. Mm. To make spaghetti sauce. Do, do you think throwing away three anchovies because you waited too long to make your spaghetti sauce is sufficient to be sent back down to hell? Well, well. ask an anchovy. <laughs> That's what they'll think. But it comes in such a glorious oil and then it solidifies in the fridge and I can't work out if I'm supposed to keep them in the counter so the oil stays viscous. Or if I put them in the fridge to save the anchovy, but then the oil goes solid I really and then wish, I can't get them out. I really wish everyone listening could see how perplexed <laughs> and furrowed Tommy's brow is right now. These are serious concerns that I have. What is happening? 
You see the look on St. Peter's face. I also want to know how zippers work. They literally make no sense to me. It makes no sense. I've stared at so many of them for so long. And buckles. My buckle just broke on my bum bag. I have to get another bum bag because my buckle broke. I want to know how many buckles are broken on bum bags, which, by the way, is an excellent tongue twister try. I just made it up myself. I think you're in hell already. Yeah. <laughs> I think St. Peter's in hell. <laughs> He's having to deal with those questions. Are we ready for the Wheel of Death, ladies and gentlemen? The Wheel it's of Death. It's going to be about carrots. The Wheel of better not be about carrots. No matter what word comes up, I'm ex- morphing it. We've exhausted the topic of carrots. Uh, today's topic's... Uh, offered by our lovely audience here, sausage, jumper, rugby, library, bucket, bob, Eurovision, wiggles, virtual schools, toast, Vegemite, salmon, and I can't read that. What is it? What is it? Fe- what? Just say the Fe- F word. It'll sound Fijoa. provocative. What's I don't know. Fijoa? Simon Marnie wrote it up there. Is, is oh, it just Fijoa? What's Fijoa? Fijoas are a delicious fruit. Oh, okay, a delicious fruit. Yeah. Well, See? way to ruin the suspense. Okay. I'm just really passionate about Fijoas. How yeah, many Fijoas have you peeled in your life? Do you peel them? Do you slice them? You can How? slice them. Pick them off a tree and have a great time. I know. Where do they come from? By the way, the answer for me is a zero. Tree? Where where they come from? A tree. <laughs> <laughs> The ABC, so educational. Uh, round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, no one knows. Today's topic is bucket. With a B. With a B. Bucket. It's a bucket. It's a bucket. It is a bucket. Tommy D. It is the a topic bucket. Is bucket. It is a bucket full of fajoes. this lady down here? No, this lady here. Bucket. Excellent word, bucket. It's an excellent, it's an excellent, because it comes in all sizes. That's the great thing. One of my favorite jokes in the life, as I ever saw, was uh, we quite famously make a bucket list, uh, which, of course, appeals to the idea of all the things that you would like to do before you pass away. And, but the best bucket list I ever saw was washing bucket, small pail, Garden bucket. It was literally a list of all the different kinds of buckets. It's quite a literal bucket list. It was quite nice. There's quite often a hole in the bucket, dear Liza. Dear Liza. There's a hole in the bucket, dear Liza. A hole. Sorry? That's right. She has to fix it. Um... I live in a world of bucketry. Uh, my wife is a gardener, so we have uh, we have quite a, a standardized system of buckets uh, in our house. Uh, there is the blue bucket with a slight spout uh, that is used uh, for mixing up small formulations of water and uh, chemical wait organic juice. <laughs> now that I think about it, that the worms make. Yeah. From science. <laughs> I don't know what we use. I worm just, tea. Worm tea. We use something and we mix it with water. And so that bucket is only to be used for watering the front plants, which are specific because the front plants have a much different life cycle than the plants in the back, which use the small pink bucket, which is only doesn't have a spout, uh, but it has a series of shower-like holes in the bottom of it. Uh, it's more like a, like a, like a gravity shower. Yep. Uh, those are used for those plants. Uh, we have a purple bucket. Uh, which is only ever to be in the laundry, and we use that to soak children's school uniforms because, and I don't know who made this rule, why are uniforms white? It's stupid. It's so stupid. I spend Have they so... not met a child? No, they're not better. They, they go to school with a variety of stains all over. There is not a nappy sand in the world that will soak out 
the stains that a young teenage girl can get into her shirts. <laughs> and nappy sand, by the way, I'm pretty sure is made from bananas <laughs> and something else organic. We have it with pims. <laughs> that's nappy that's how pims. organic nappy sand is. <laughs> we just mix it into pims for a bit of fizz. <laughs> But you would never drink it out of the purple bucket. Never out of the purple bucket. Never. Uh, we have a stainless steel bucket that we use in the garage only, and that is for rinsing out paint uh, implements, uh, which we rinse out with... Terps? Terps? <laughs> Organic terps, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is. It's my favorite job, though. Which you, yeah. I, I do that job because it's just it's so fun near the end of it. If you really get your head down in there... <laughs> <laughs> And really apply yourself. <laughs> Woo. Like, we only ever paint things white, but by the end of it, there's so many colors. <laughs> I'm pretty sure white is the presence of all colors, based on my experience with rinsing out the brushes <laughs> and not actually painting. Uh, I uh, also like the bucket hat. Um, I'm just going to say bucket now. <laughs> all right, I just listed all the buckets that we have, small pails. Uh, that's our, our mop bucket. My mop bucket is my favorite. Uh, it's a deep red uh, bucket, but it, then it has a spinny wheel on it that you put the mop head in yeah. and you pedal it yeah. and it spins and it spins and that's, that's exciting. That's exciting. <laughs> and, and then you know what? Because a lot of people think you just put the mop head in there, but if you also put your cat in there. <laughs> oh, dear. That's okay. That's organic. <laughs> that's totally. Like you wash the cat first. I don't just put it in dry. That'd be rude, but. And also, uh, we don't have a salad spinner, so. It is also very handy on salad night. That's ingenious. <clears throat> That's ingenious. You've, yeah. missed, you've missed my favorite bucket. Ooh, please. A champagne bucket. Oh, mm. That is a good bucket. It's a great bucket. It yeah, is. I used to think that Pete, that was for pouring the champagne into. <laughs> is it not? <laughs> I have no. been doing things very wrong was... or very right. Yeah. You decide. I always thought the champagne bucket was like there as like a backup to after you finish the champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you drank it too fast <laughs> or too many came out. Uh, the wine bucket is nice. Uh, and the bucket list. We should, have, we should approach the bucket list. I, I love the idea of a bucket list, but uh, my fear is uh, if your bucket list... You need to make a bucket list that's so extensive that you expect to live to 160. <laughs> Otherwise, I think, I would, I, my greatest fear is I'd be like, well, what's the last thing you want to do? Oh, I want to listen to Alice's podcast. Tick. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Too efficient. Oh, I want to eat a Fajoa. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to know what a Fajoa is. I wish that would have come up so we could have discussed it further. Yeah. Well, I can't tell you because it didn't land on that on the wheel of death, so you'll never know. It's unfair. I'm going to put that on my bucket list. <laughs> For jealous. Uh, my point is, um, get a bucket. <laughs> Does he live? Yeah. Does he die? Yeah. Does he live? Yeah. Now I feel bad. Oh, I yeah, you live at least until you... No, I didn't realize. You know, the excellent Murray Cook has snuck back into the audience and now I feel like... It's probably a, the Wiggles. Probably, you probably have a song about it. Yeah. Don't you? Surely. It seems like you, you would have to write a song about everything. And, well, Dorothy, what are we going to do today? Get a bucket. Get a bucket. Get a bucket and put stuff in. Get a bucket. Get a bucket. Get a bucket. There may be ten. Ten buckets. Ten. Have you heard the new song, Hot for Joe or Hot for Joe? <laughs> it's a hit. It's great. Jump into my Fajoa. <laughs> 
Big red for Joa. They, they, got, they got them all. Uh, now, more um, candidates exited the election fray this week, having been caught because of material posted on various social media sites over the years. Uh, thinking about your Facebook, Twitter, Instagram accounts, what's the image that's going to form once people start looking for trouble because you've run for an election? Bridie Connell. <laughs> What are they going to discover? Well, this is a problem. I fear that my social media profiles are not scandalous enough. Mm. So people will go, oh, no, it's the most boring candidate who's ever run. Mm. That's, I, I think I might need to plant some really wild photos in my Instagram or, or make some dubious tweets Well, that's soon. okay, because on the basis of this election, you are not allowed to run for the Greens, <laughs> Labor, One Nation, Liberals without being having ludicrous weird conspiracy theory views. That's right. It's a prerequisite. I I feel far too level-headed, so I think (laughs) that's what I need to do, is I need to to launch my campaign years from now. I need to start right now making some very poor choices about what I post on my social media. So if anyone has any ideas after the show, come and tell me. Hmm. Alice, what are we going to find? Once journalists and people from the other party start trailing through, trying to find the dirt on you, what are they going to find? Uh, I mean, probably my addiction to action movies. Uh, that's that's probably the most scandalous thing. Although I have a cousin who's an Instagram star and she has an incredible ability of showing both her face and her bottom to the camera at the same time. Wow. And I don't know how it's physically possible, but it's very impressive. <laughs> uh, like an owl. Like an owl. Uh, but, yes, other than that, it's just uh, talking about my, my New Year's resolution, you know, the gym in January. Never go to the gym in January. It's full of people who never go to the gym except in January. <laughs> and you can't correct them, but you want to, you know. Oh, you're not meant to be crying while you're doing sit-ups. <laughs> you, you can't fit a protein shake on top of all of that self-loathing. Sure. It's going to be very difficult for the other candidates <laughs> and the journalists. Tommy, what are they going to find in yours? They're going to find that I am a hero to the people. Uh-huh. That's good. <laughs> That's what they're going to find. Uh, if you look at all, I was looking through this based on this question. I have a very limited uh, internet footprint that I create myself, but, you know, people have the rights to do what they want. So I'm going to run on a platform of uh, aged care reform uh, based on the fact that most of the pictures of me on social media are next to senior citizens, and I'm not blaming this show for that. (laughs) (laughs) not saying it has anything to do with the people that listen to this program and meet me in the public eye, (laughs) but let's just say I am looking forward to aged care. <laughs> I mean, uh, the, I'm going to be so popular. The problem, Richard, is you never know what is going to outrage someone. I had a joke in my last year's show that was uh, about the fact that we're not rational and we want to think we're rational, and then you look at domestic violence statistics or the fact that magicians exist and are popular. <laughs> and I had a lady come up to me after the show and say about that joke, and I thought, oh no, I've said something like she's going to be, she's a victim or she's going to have been hurt by it. And she said, what's your issue with magicians? <laughs> <laughs> you, you cannot win. Mm, I fear as well that, you know, because I had social media as a teenager, a lot of my very earnest attempts at early poetry (laughs) and jokes are online somewhere. Delete as I may. I know they're still out there somewhere. So there's a lot of embarrassment. Why am I saying this on live radio? Please don't go searching. (laughs) What have I done? I'm doing it now. I'll probably get in most trouble if anybody downloads these podcasts. Yeah. This is where I've probably said the stuff that would yeah. get me unelectable. Yeah. I remember a time the where... Fiji, was, the Fij- what's this fruit called? Fijoa. Fijoa. The Fijoa Action Party, for instance. But I, we, you know, over the years, we've really run down some major electorates. Like, I would never get elected in Coffs Harbour, for example. 
Yeah. We've said some pretty serious things about Coffs Harbor. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody goes back to those podcasts. So you can't run for, I think it's Cowper, isn't it? Yeah, that's out. Yeah, out. Get it. Totally out. Get it. You, wait, do you know the electorate that Coffs Harbor is in? Well, I think I do. You nerd. That is nerd <laughs> is. I may be wrong, though. He doesn't know 45 types of buckets, though. Yeah. <laughs> now, a new report finds that large numbers of kids are living with their parents well into their 30s. It was released this week by, by, uh, by the experts. It's double the rate of a generation ago. If you had to live with your parents at the age you are right now, what would be the points of tension? Bridie Connell. Oh, dear. <laughs> Further to my answer that I just gave about my very non-scandalous social media profile, I fear that the points of tension would be me being, Mum, Dad, okay, I think you, you've been out every night this week. Okay, it's not time for a nice, quiet night in. Let's all do some crochet and have a cup of tea. I've got a beautiful Earl Grey, all right? I accepted long ago that my parents are much wilder and cooler than I am. That would be the point of tension. But your father would hit you on the arm all the time. He would. Well, the first of every month. Yeah. Of course. He's a bit of a pinch in the punch in the first of the month. He he certainly is. That's a point of tension no matter what hemisphere we're in, let alone the same house. Last time Bridie was on this program, her father rang me up from New Zealand and said, I believe my daughter is coming. I didn't know him. I believe my daughter is coming on your program and it happens to be the first first of the month. Would you mind doing this for me? (laughs) (laughs) It's a long-running prank between my father and I. How cool that you can outsource domestic violence. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alice, uh, Alice, Family, uh, what I meant to say, by the way, just so we're clear, family <laughs> violence would have been funnier. That's what I wanted to say. Uh, Alice, if you had to live at home with your parents at this age, what would it be like? Well, uh, our, my father recently sold our family home and he was staying at a friend's house and he said, come stay with me when I was in Sydney. And I spent two weeks sleeping on a mattress on the floor of my dad's bedroom like a forever sleepover. And I found out my dad has an incredible super superpower. He knows the exact moment I'm about to fall asleep. So you know that moment that you're drifting off into the seas of unconsciousness, you feel your mind detached from your body, that is the moment my dad will say, so Ali, do you know the fertility statistics for women of your age? (laughs) (laughs) Oh boy, that wakes you up. (laughs) Tommy, what would it be like for you? Oh man, there'd be so many. The first, probably the biggest point of contention would be that my dad would be cranky that I kept moving the guns out of my room. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you keep it, Tommy. How are you going to be safe when somebody comes in the room? I looked at it. I don't need a gun under my bed. I don't need one over my bed, and I certainly don't need one near the bed. I don't need a gun near the bed. Uh, there'd be one behind the dresser, in the dresser, and of course the bullets nearby. Uh, that would be a point of contention. Uh, my mom would be mad because I would uh, make dinner uh, with uh, flavor. <laughs> <laughs> That would make her cranky, and then because she's cranky, Dad would be cranky, and then we're right back to the gun problem in my bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Who were the winners and losers of this week? Bridie Connell. Winners, I think, are going to be publicans everywhere around the country this weekend. I think a lot of pints of beer will be sculled in honour of uh, Mr. Hawk this weekend. And my loser of the week, actually further to what Alice said, uh, are Aussies in London, specifically my brother, who queued at uh, Australia House to get his early vote done and dusted. And as he queued, the sausage sizzle ran out of sausages and they cut him off. Hmm. Devastating. He told me that was the main reason he voted, which is absolutely not the point of democracy, but I respect it nonetheless. It's our version of Brexit, isn't it? Sausage <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alice, who are the winners and losers? Uh, The winners this week are people who managed to buy tickets to my show in Sydney, uh, which runs uh, from yesterday to Sunday. I don't know why I'm saying that, because the losers are the people who didn't get tickets because it's sold out. (laughs) Ah, (laughs) Good job.
good time. Not a sellout, though. <laughs> I was just boasting, really. Yeah. The winners are the scalpers who'll be outside to double the price. <laughs> there was a website that was advertising tickets to my show for $240. Alice, that's how you know you've made it. Mm. Yeah. No, no, because they're normally $340. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, can you imagine? Tommy, who were the winners and losers? Look, I, I would also take a moment. I don't know. Uh, the winner, of course, because he was such a grand man. But uh, Bob Hawk was one of the first that I saw when I came in and was aware of. And then, uh, gloriously, for all the stories that were told this week, uh, I had occasion. Uh, Bob Hawk was a big sponsor and patron of the uh, Jack Newton Celebrity Golf uh, Tournament, which is run every year uh, around December to support uh, junior golfers. And he was there every year, and I would go down occasionally. Uh, but uh, the tradition was that Bob Hawk would get up and lead uh, everyone at dinner that night uh, in a rendition of Waltzing Matilda. And never have I seen anything so gloriously poetic and hilariously turgid. (laughs) (laughs) Because he had a deep, deep, raspy voice when he sang, and he would would sing the verse so incredibly slow, and the whole crowd would just start to see where they just wanted to get to the chorus so they could join in. And then finally he would release, and then the whole crowd would, Waltzing Matilda! <laughs> they would come back to him, And he sang by a little boy, made some tea. And I wasn't aware that Waltzing Matilda has 247 <laughs> verses. <laughs> in the Bob Hawk, Bob Hawk <laughs> songbook. Anyway, the point is it was glorious. Uh, he was a glorious man, and I don't think that we will see the likes. Uh, we are running those kinds of cool people out of town. And it's a very close election, and you'd only have to change the votes of a few thousand people, and Bob Hawke could el- win his elusive fifth victory for Labor on <laughs> tomorrow. We'll see. <laughs> hey, yeah, thanks very place. much for being part of Thank God It's Friday. Alice Fraser, Tommy Dean, and Bridie Connell. <laughs> Thanks for being part of it. Thank God it's Friday. Next week we've got Sophie Valentine, Jennifer Wong and Tahir music from Jimmy Barnes next week. Until then, I'm Richard Glover and thank God it's Friday! Remember to choose well tomorrow. Try the bacon and egg or sausage. Try the lamington. 